In this episode of the podcast, we're speaking with Terry Morgan from a company called LumaTouch. It's all about LumaFusion. This is Twitter. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, I have the pleasure and the honor of speaking with someone from a company whose app has a permanent place on my iPad and my iPhone, and that is LumaFusion. If you know me, you know I am very bullish on mobile technology and doing less with more and what can photographers do now that we have these crazy tablets with M1 processors in them and mature software. As a content creator, what can you do that frees you from where I am sitting right now, sitting in front of a, you know, a display with a keyboard and mouse and all that? Well, LumaTouch, the, the company that created a, an application called LumaFusion has stepped in and created what I think is the de facto standard for video editing on mobile devices, kind of like your Final Cut Pro or your Premiere or your, your DaVinci Resolve, but on a tablet and that you can use with the Apple Pencil and be comfortable and all that stuff. So all that to say, Terry Morgan is the one of the co-founders of LumaTouch. She handles design and all the pretty stuff over there to make the app look palatable for us humans. But she's agreed to come on the podcast and tell us about the company. And then we're gonna, at the end of the interview, we're gonna segue into a separate video that where she's gonna demo the application for us and show us some some upcoming features, hopefully. So Terry, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Frederick. It's a pleasure. No, this is the pleasure is all mine. I am a fanboy. Sorry. I am a fanboy <laughs> of your application and uh, I love it. I, I, I want to use it for everything. So let's start with with a little bit of background and history. So LumaTouch, the, the company, Take, give me the origin story. Why did you guys start the company? What was what was the problem that you were seeking to solve? Yeah. And, and where are things right now? Yeah, so, well, I personally have been a video editor for my entire career, and I just turned 58, so um, that's pretty long time. Congratulations. <laughs> Actually, a really long time. <laughs> so, But I've been video editing, and I over the years started working for companies like Avid, Pinnacle, um, Fast Multimedia, Tektronics, to help them with video editing and the interactions that um, users have when they're, when they're editing. And so when I was working at Avid as a product manager and designer, I, we, we were working on Pinnacle Studio for, or I'm sorry, it was Avid Studio for iPad at that time. Mm -hmm. And I met Chris Damaris, who's a developer, amazing developer. And when Avid uh, sold our team to Corel, we decided to go off. And after all these years of doing this for other companies, we thought, hey, we can, we can do this ourselves and we think we can do it really good. So, um, He's the engineer and uh, leads the engineering team, and I'm the designer. I lead the UX, um, what we do, and um, how it should feel when you do those things, when you're editing. And so the product management and that sort of thing. And I lead a team over here that has the support, um, design, 
testing and um, marketing. So we've kind of split it up and the developers are in Salt Lake and our team is over here in Seattle, um, but it's, it's working out really well. That is great. That is great. So lean and mean, and you guys are, are focused. Is is Luma Luma Fusion? Is that the? That's obviously the flagship app, right? Are there other yes. softwares in the in the catalog right now? You know, we we had other software, and um, those have been rolled into Luma Fusion, basically. Okay. So we we had Luma Effects. We started that off. That was just the effects part of Luma Fusion. And that got rolled into LumaFusion, and eventually we discontinued that um, because you can get it all. It's more convenient to do your effects where you're also editing, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that's what we we did. Um, right now, we just have LumaFusion, and we are working on adding in some more in-depth, creative, robust features to bring LumaFusion really to the top level. And I want to talk um, so, about that. Yeah. I want to talk about those features. Uh, I'm really excited about a lot of things that you guys are working on. You know, one one of the for this portion of the interview, before we get into the the demo bit later, is just positioning. You know, of this, and I've had conversations with some professional video editors and educators. You know, people that have like you. You know, have been sort of dyed in the wool in Avid, and you know, and then maybe Final Cut and Premiere or these mm -hmm. quote traditional NLEs, and they look at mobile-based editing as yeah, it's not there yet. It's a it's a hobby. Yeah, you can play around with it. Maybe edit a you know a clip for Instagram or something on it. But you're never going to do any real work on a mobile yeah. device. What do you say to those people that that don't think mobile is ready for prime right. time? Well, I can say that you know I've been editing for years, like I said. So I've worked on Avid, Final Cut, um, even back as far as Media 100 and um, Lightworks. I worked at Lightworks for years, and um, you know, editing is a craft that is basically tapping into your storytelling. So you are trying to get your ideas from your media onto the timeline in a way that you're not inhibited by the, the technology. So all these years I've been editing, if I run into, I might be in the middle of the most creative idea I've ever had, and if I run into a technical problem, all that creativity basically is cut off until I solve that problem. And a lot of times it just, the flow doesn't get there. So with LumaFusion, we've really taken the tools that both Chris and I have learned over many years of developing for um, companies that are making nonlinear editing and taking the things that we feel had made editing a joy and and then taking the things that weren't a joy and, and tried to fix those problems in the UI. And one of the things that allowed us to do that was this incredible touch interface mm -hmm. that Apple has given us. Um, it, brings you so close to your media that you're thinking, you know, you're reaching out and moving a clip with your finger. There's nothing between you and your story. And I think for that kind of storytelling, this it, it's a completely different feeling to edit in LumaFusion than it is when you're mousing around with a bunch of menus and stuff. Yeah. So there's that. And then the performance of the iPad. Right. And the iPhone. I mean, they are performant. So we can do six tracks of 4K video and 
scrub and play and move those around. Just it's just like butter. There's no there's no stuttering. There's no waiting to play. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's faster than if you were using Final Cut on on a Mac. So there's not a lot to say against iPad editing from those two perspectives. And with LumaFusion, we're trying to bring in all those other workflows that people really need to do higher end professional editing. Like, And Apple has helped us with that because they brought out the ability to do ProRes on an iPad. So combined with the advances of the technology and what we're doing to bring in features that address the needs of a professional for editing, you know, it's quickly becoming a good replacement for a lot of desktop editing. And now there's freeing. stuff like, you know, compositing that you're going to have to go to a compositor to do, but for for editing, this is amazing. Yeah, it is. And it, it, it's freeing, too, in a lot of ways, because, yeah. you know, it, I don't know if my workflow is correct. You know, you can tell me, but you could <laughs> theoretically start a project on, you know, on a phone, right and then move that project over to ipad and continue working on it on ipad and finish it over there is that you could do that right with with the way oh, yeah. set up to yeah. in seconds like you know pretty big projects you just say export and send it via airdrop and Crazy. man that thing is just sending the files over as fast as you can imagine and then yeah. it shows up on your ipad or your iphone whichever way you're going or now on the M1 desktop, you can do that to the M1 desktop as well and, and open LumaFusion there. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of freedom in it for sure. You know, I'm curious, I'm curious about um, you know, putting on your, your veteran editor hat, you know, or veteran cutter. I don't know what the, the right term for the cool editing people is these days. Um, <laughs> but Weirdo. But, yeah, yeah, no, that's a podcaster. Um, <laughs> The 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 screen real estate. Right. And I know a lot of a lot of editors will say and I'm, I'm not trying to put words in people's mouths. But right now I work on a on a, you know, relatively big desktop display here. I only have one because I like the one display kind of feel, but I only have one display. But it's a, a fair amount of real estate here on the iPad or the phone, especially. Right. Not so much. How do what's how do people shift? from the mindset of I got windows everywhere and real estate and this and, you know, to yeah. I'm in a much more concise, almost modal type user interface. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that part of that is in the UX. So um, like instead of having, you know, your timeline, your library and a window for um, manipulating your effects with a bunch of sliders, we just simply double double tap on a clip. And you've told us, I want to do something deeper on this clip. Then that interface opens. So we try to, you know, from your actions, determine what it is you want to do and get rid of the noise that surrounds it. But also we've added things like the ability to see your full res preview on on an external monitor. So mm. with AirPlay or an HDMI cable, you can be editing and also seeing your full res preview at the same time. So, you know, I don't really, actually I don't at all miss the real estate on my iPad. On an iPhone, uh, It's I guess it's sort of like another step towards less real estate, um, but 40% of our customers only edit on an iPhone. So they wow. are able to do. And I think a lot of that is 
the style of editing that those people are doing, which is more on the newsy side of things, where they're out in the field, they're shooting, they want to put the clips together, put their probably pre-designed titles, mm -hmm. presets in and change a bit of text and export back to the station or back to wherever they or post it online. So this is for really quick workflows. And um, yeah, we don't get complaints about not enough space, um, but I suppose, you know, it's all relative. Yeah. <laughs> if you're no, used no. to it, huge. No, yeah. absolutely. And what you're used to, you know, and it's, it's so interesting that one of the conversations I was having before about the 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 world of mobile and the freedom that mobile gives you versus, you know, traditional NLEs is just that freedom piece of it, right? And not only the freedom of being able to just, okay, I, like you said, I'm out in the field and I have my iPad or my iPhone and I'm in the back of a Uber and I can start doing stuff right there that's at a level of quality that is at least equal to what's on the desktop. You know, I wonder from your from your perspective about the length of projects. Like, is there a is there a ceiling where, like, you would say, okay, this is good for short news clips. You know, if under fifteen minutes, you're probably good to go. But if you want to get to feature film, you're maybe not going to be using LumaFusion, or can you use LumaFusion to do a long form piece or a multi segment piece? You you absolutely can use it. Uh we, we actually have had people do a feature length film and I do my personal projects sometimes for family are at least that long. Um, I think that it all comes down to learning how to organize your media in a way that allows you to access the things in the right way. I use a lot of Dropbox, so I'll organize my footage in Dropbox and then import it into LumaFusion and it all comes into all the already in the folders. So that's one way of organizing. Or if you're working from the photos app, you might use albums to organize your footage so that there's just, you know, it, it makes it easier to find what you're looking for. Um, inside LumaFusion, there's tools like search and sort and, um, you know, way, uh, ways that you can color code clips so one of the things that is really handy when I'm at, so for instance, a couple weekends ago, we did a shoot here and we had a lot of footage and I needed to edit it really quickly by the next day. So what I did is watch all the footage, um, mark in and mark out on clips, uh, color tag and put color markers. And I used a color coding system. Green is my favorite. Orange is, okay, if I have to use it, I will. And red is, I'm going to delete this when I'm done, you know, <laughs> when I'm done looking through the footage. So I just color code everything, delete all the stuff I didn't want, just just to get it out of my mind for no other reason, because my iPad actually has a lot of space on it. Um, and then just drag those to the timeline. And then the timeline held those colors. So when I'm looking through the timeline, I could see I had mostly a green timeline, but there was one or two places that had orange clips. I'm like, okay, I used something there that wasn't my favorite. Let's take another look and see if I can make that better or whatever. So, you know, there's ways you can work that really um, are fun and also get the project done. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a different mindset. It is. And it, uh, you hit it right in the head. It's fun and it's tactile. Like you said at the beginning, you know, being able to it. 
I don't know, the, the distance between my mouse and keyboard shortcuts and my display is much longer than me holding a pencil or my fingers on a phone, right? And moving clips around. It feels like I'm more intimate with the content because I'm just like, oh, I want this over here. No, this over there. No, this longer, this shorter, right? And super fast to learn. So yeah. I have an eight-year-old who started editing when he was seven. And really, I'm... S- I'm telling the truth when I say all I taught him how to do was drag a clip to the timeline. The rest of it, he's learned himself. Um, you know, he's doing stop motion stuff inside LumaFusion. He's doing fast forwards and reverses and, uh, you know, color effects, sound effects. He's using story blocks to find clips to fill in. Um, so it's really easy to learn. That's another thing that makes it fun is it, you're not challenged by oh, I don't want to do that creative thing because I'd probably take me half an hour to figure out and I don't mm-hmm. feel like doing that. So it's really just like, it's here for you. It's easy. You know, you can take it wherever you want to go. Like One of the things I do personally is like I, sh- you know, during COVID, people would send gifts to my son, but actually couldn't interact with him. So I I did unboxings with my son, so he'd make, make open a present, and I'd film the whole thing and his reaction. Then we'd put it to music, put it on a timeline, and and send it to that person. You know, an hour later, and they were just stunned that I could put together something so quick and so yeah. personal. Um, so it, I think, yeah, it's just a different way of editing. It's it's really I don't like the term democratizing editing so much because it's it's overused and I think it's mm-hmm. lost its impact, but that's what it is. It's, it's, it's taking something that only editors did and turning it into something that is a new way of communicating for a lot of people that didn't communicate that way. Yeah. And um, in the pandemic, we did see a doubling in our sales because people were like, I want to communicate more. I want to be present even when I can't be present. And I and I have a lot of footage over the years that's just sitting in my photos app or wherever you keep it. And I haven't done anything with it. Now I'm stuck at home and I can, you know, edit that. So yeah, it's it's really fun. Yeah. You know it, 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 it there are a couple of things that popped into my head when you were talking there. The um the language the the language of editing or the profession of the editor you know, now, now I look at movies differently now that I know how hard it is, you know, to to actually even the simple things that I do, like with podcasting and, and that sort of thing to to be able to control the the storyline from start to finish and be in control of the viewer's emotions based on when you cut and what kind of cut you use and how you you know overlay the music and the color grade and all that stuff is in the control of the editor and i before to be honest with you before LumaFusion and before actually doing this kind of stuff i didn't really have that that understanding of the language of editing are you seeing you know as an editor yourself are you seeing that kind of increase of appreciation for the art of editing, you know, versus just, okay, I'm going to cut something and throw it up on YouTube. Yeah. I think we went through a period with YouTube where, you know, anything uncut with just a fade up or fade out or no fade up or fade out, no graphics, no cutting. And then we went through a period of, you know, everybody's jump cutting everything. Cause you know, that was the thing. But I think now we're getting to the point is wait, wait a minute, I can craft this 
to keep my viewer interested in what I'm talking about because I need them to stay with me and to hear my message, right? So people are doing less of that sloppy editing or jump cutting to be trendy and realizing you have an audience, you need to respect them by keeping it interesting, making the cutting invisible, making it just natural to watch this thing because every time you do a cut that's bad, you take your viewer out of the story and they're going to be thinking, oh, wow, I really should be getting back to work or getting back to what I was doing or making some popcorn. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the cutting, I think we're coming back around to good cutting, but there's still a lot of fast stuff out there. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, on LumaFusion, there's, you know, there's two kinds of timeline generally for nonlinear editing. One is a track-based thing like Premiere has. So you insert an overwrite, or maybe you even just stay in overwrite. And there's another kind, which is more like Final Cut, which is the magnetic timeline where clips kind of move along mm -hmm. with other clips. So they're kind of stuck together. And we love both of those things. So in LumaFusion, we made what we call the enhanced magnetic timeline in that it takes what we love about the magnetic timeline and marries it with a traditional track-based timeline. And boy, is it powerful. Like, I kid you not, this is the most powerful timeline model I've ever used. I can do anything I can think of. So, you know, I can manipulate both the how, how clips are linked and unlinked from the main clips. I can export just a track. I can view just a track. I can be an insert or overwrite. So it's super powerful model. And well, what I wanna say is that sounds complicated, but what's the most complicated for an editor is when they want to achieve something and they can't because then they have to find the workaround. So having a model that's really flexible and works the way you want to work really is much simpler in the end, you know, for the editor. So. Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. You're making me want to go just in the interview and go play with LumaFusion right now. <laughs> I want to try out that timeline again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts of, around uh, market evolution, right? Because I remember back in the day, like you mentioned Media 100. Remember th those days? And remember you said to buy a card to put in your, you know, the whole, all of that. Remember the SCSI drive arrays with Terminators yeah. and all, all that mm -hmm. stuff is gone now. It's all gone and it's mm -hmm. all on the iPad. You can do the whole thing. But I wonder, much like we saw the shift from media you know, avid media composer or whatever, you know, those yeah. those ilks of applications and all the overhead that they brought in app when Apple released the Bondi Blue iMac with iMovie on it. A lot of people mm -hmm. were like, it's revolutionizing in and or democratizing the world of video mm -hmm. editing. Now I can do it and I don't have to geek out and buy all that other stuff. I can just buy this little blue yeah. machine and edit right here, albeit rudimentary, yeah. but I can get it done. Are we seeing a shift now or have we seen a shift from that desktop world and then the next evolution of that is 
tablet and pen and off you go? Yeah. Are we going to see Hollywood and who's ever editing the next Avengers movie? Are they going to be doing it on iPads or is it still too far away, you know, for, well, for that level of work? Yeah. I mean, we do see people doing high end um, work for film and TV using LumaFusion as a part of their workflow. Um, if you imagine, you know, LumaFusion can be used by my seven or eight year old, and mm -hmm. it can be used by a filmmaker because it's a tool and you, yeah. and you figure out where your skill level is with that tool. So one person might use a hammer to nail a picture on the wall and another person might use a hammer to build a mansion. And that's, yeah. that's the way it is. It's just a good tool and people are finding holes in their workflow where having a mobile device on, on an, or a tablet that has a long battery life, you can see it outdoors in bright lights, you can do it without any table or, or mouse or anything like that and be able to really get in and craft your stories. People are fitting that in wherever they can because it's useful. So while I don't think we're going to see, you know, maybe the completed high budget filmmaking film complete on an iPad just yet, they already are using it on the set to do dailies, to, to pre-cut, to pre-vis, to do all sorts of things wow. um, that are in that filmmaking world. And you know, as, as, as the device gets better and as we add more features that support those workflows, I think we will see that for sure. I love that. You know, I want to in this segment because uh, I'm really I really want to get into the demo piece of it. <laughs> like, so what what um, where is LumaFusion going? And then second part of that question is what's missing from a developer standpoint? What's missing from iPad that is stopping you from doing something that you feel like your customers want? Wow. Well, a year ago, I would have said ProRes was missing. And I would have said maybe two years ago, I would have said, you know, external monitor. And then I would have said, you know, being able to edit straight from a drive and they've added all those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think what the, the key for me that's missing, it's, it's not actually missing. It's just not quite there yet is the way media is identified in the photos app. So They've just recently added the ability to re-identify media from the Photos app. If you remove it from LumaFusion, we can go back and find it again. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a, it doesn't sound like much, but it's huge because uh, having that work perfectly would mean we can never hold a local copy of your media because we would feel 100% certain that we're gonna be able to find it again in the cloud or downloaded to your device through the Photos app or whatever. Right now we're not quite there, so that's the one key. I'm, I'm waiting for this to be a really transparent and, and beautiful workflow from the LumaFusion timeline to your cloud media and so on. Um, that's what I'm waiting for, and I'm, I know that it's just, it's in the details, you know, it's, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But where we're going, that was the other part of your question. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good so, segue you know, into the demo, but verbally, <laughs> yeah. where what's what's next for the podcast listeners? Yeah. So the very first thing you're going to see next uh, is scopes. And I'll show that in the demo. And that has a vector, uh, vector scopes, waveform, histogram, and the ability to turn off and on different channels of color and light. And then uh, there's a couple, there's three more things that are on our list that we're, we've started working on and some were close and some were not, but one of them is multicam. And for anybody that doesn't, you know, grasp onto that right away, that is if you have shot multiple, from mul multiple cameras at one time, and they're all, all your cameras are either listening to the same audio or they have the same time code, then you can throw those all into LumaFusion. It will synchronize those things. And then you're just tapping to cut on which angle you want to um, cut to. So, so that is like a completely different kind of editing. And we're super excited about it. But developing it has led us to discover different ways that people want to use that. And so it's taking a little bit longer than we wanted uh, because we really wanted to get this right. And I think what we're gonna have is more powerful than any uh, desktop version of multicam that I've seen. So um, I won't get into those details, but I'll show you the basic work workflow for now. And then um, keyframe easing and curves, you know, Bezier uh, curves and the ability yeah. to slow down and speed up at the end of things that's coming and subtitling. That's a huge one for all our news and um, Mojo that's mobile journalists um, people. They have been asking for subtitling so that they can bring in an SRT file and ultimately be able to and this won't be in version one, but be able to have their LumaFusion voice transcoded and then translated and then turned into subtitles right on the timeline um, in different languages. So it's just, that's a path we're going down and we think it's super valuable, um, but that's, that's a ways off. So those are the kind of things in our headlights right now. <laughs> So much power, so much power. You know, that multicam feature is, uh, I'm, I'm drooling waiting on that, that feature from a podcaster perspective. Because, so for example, these kinds of interviews, right? These are multicam mm -hmm. interviews where there's a shot of you, right? right? Here's a shot of Terry. Here's a <laughs> shot of Frederick. Here's a shot of both of us together. Three different... Yeah three different timelines, right? To be able to bring right. those into the iPad and just tap and switch between those as I'm doing the edit is gold to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm waiting on that. I need that. Feature. And like right now you're getting probably three streams, but you're also getting what is an ISO file or a file that tells, you know, where things cut. Yes. And you're actually doing the cutting. But that file can then be brought into LumaFusion with the media. And from your original cut, um, depending on the format that you use, you know, we'll be able to take that and have it automatically show you what you did and let you change that in arrears so that you can then post a re-edited 
live edit. <laughs> That's so. cool. Yeah. So basically, like right now, I'm performing the edit real time. I'm clicking buttons and the software knows where I'm making these cuts in the timeline. You're saying yeah. later yeah. I can bring that over. I'll be able to bring that over into the iPad and it will know that, oh, at this time code, Frederick transitioned to, to Terry and I can go to that transition and scooch it over a little bit if I want or remove it altogether and do all the things, right? So. Ultimately, that would be our goal. And that, again, that, you know, we may do, we may support one type of hardware, which mm -hmm. we'll probably announce at NAB this year. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you know, we'll bring in more and more ability to do that through different, you know, everybody has their own file style or their XML list that we need to translate into LumaFusion. So it's not, it's not just, oh, you do it for one and you do it for everybody. They're all a little bit different. So we're going to start with one and then hopefully move to others. I love it. I love it. So much good stuff. Well, Terry, thanks for doing this interview portion. Uh, we're going to, we're going to transition over and hopefully have you do a nice demo and show us some of these features you've been talking about. Um, folks that are listening to this podcast or watching this video on YouTube, there's another sister video to this one that will be that demo. So, and the reason is I didn't want to put the demo in the audio podcast and all that. Nobody wants to, wants that. So, yeah, it um, wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. So, Terry, if people if people want to, you know, learn more about the app, go grab the app. I'm just guessing just LumaFusion in the App Store, right? And they can go to Terry. Yeah, Air, search for LumaFusion. Mm -hmm. LumaFusion in the App Store. You can look up LumaTouch on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. There's a Facebook group, and um, just yeah, just search for LumaTouch, and you'll find us. All right. Terry Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you. This is Twitter.